0: Hola mi gente, what up my people? My name is Pastor Rich Cologne. I'm the lead pastor here at Santos Church, broadcasting to you live from Southwest Detroit, Michigan. Wherever you're listening from, I'm glad that you are listening. This podcast is meant to do one of two things, and that is either bring you our message content or it's content that we thought would enrich our message content. We'll have more information at the end of this episode on how you could get connected with us either in person online or on social media, but for now, thanks for listening to this podcast, gracias para escuchando esto podcast, and let's get into it, vamos. All right, so we are in week four of our series, Saints, and if you missed any of those, uh, feel free to go back in our podcast uh, archives. I guess is what they'd be called, uh, and all three weeks of the podcast are available. Week one, we talked about faith, pretty straightforward there, but we talked about how faith uh, is a holistic faith where it's uh, growing in greater understanding and knowledge, yes, of God's word, but also in in action and living the life that He called us to live and. inviting other people into that, right? And so it's this idea um, of growing in relationship uh, with Jesus and in faith within Jesus, right? Uh, But then also upholding what James tells us in scripture of uh, faith without works is dead. It's not that we are saved by our faith, but Our faith is evidenced by the way that we live, is is kind of the greater thought there with week one. Week two, we talked about community, how a holistic community um, is reflected in the fact that we have community, meaning union, communion with God, but then also with other people, and that we can't claim to have a holistic view or even approach to community if we are not regularly communing first with God, but also in conjunction with that with other people. We have to open ourselves up to both of those relationships and both types of community, both commun- community with the Trinity, right? But then also community with other people that God has got us around and placed us around. Uh, last week, we talked about engaging and... Um, how we live, where we live, and who we live around, we are there on purpose, and we should look at it with purpose. Uh, and so engaging those things, um, and really the big idea that we talked about last week from Scripture was how um, we seek the good and the growth and the prosperity and the health of where we are and who we are with Because when the city or the bigger picture that we are a part of prospers, then too, we will prosper as well. And so we talked about how leaving a legacy requires us to put down roots and to dig deep and to see beauty where we are and to give value to the things and the people and the places that we find ourselves in community with, right? Going back to that community, uh, but community in the greater sense, the broader sense of uh, where we live geographically, but also who we live around uh, in person and personality And so um, putting down roots, finding value, and really seeing the image of God in those things uh, so that way we know how to ascribe worth to them and value to them so that way we uh, see the, the point and the purpose to digging in and doing life with them long-term big picture to see God's kingdom advanced where we are. And so there, there's your spark notes. Look at the past several weeks. Um, where we are today is in week four. It's our final week of this series. This week, we're talking about generosity. And so I don't want anybody to get, you know, uh, freaked out. I don't want anybody to start, you know, Locking up or doing whatever. I think when in the church, when we talk about generosity, people, people have been conditioned to think of generosity in terms of money. And that's not that's not where I want you to go. Immediately, I want you to just kind of like loosen up, take a deep breath in, let that deep breath out, and and we're going to talk about generosity, biblical generosity, uh, and and in the greater sense of generosity, God's way. And so, um, giving giving thought to this, right? I start a lot of my my content off by saying, hey, as I thought about this, this is what came up to me because I want to give this practical application. And so, when I'm thinking practically about generosity, the things that fuel it, the things that that, uh, that stop it, the things that impede our generosity. Um, I started thinking about, and what popped into my head was, was this term self-preservation. Self-preservation is an interesting thing because, uh, self-preservation is something that's innate to all of us. Like we're built with it. We're hardwired with it. Right. Uh, because it's, it's our way of surviving, We preserve ourselves because we have to protect ourselves and stay safe and make wise choices and be cautious and be careful so that way we can protect ourselves and those around us ultimately in in the most fundamental way so that way we can stay alive, right? And we can avoid pain and we can ultimately avoid death, right? That's the goal of self-preservation, And so it's not something that uh, is a bad thing, like at the root of it, right? Like we're created with the good sense to know when and how to take care of ourselves and those around us so that way we are preserved, we are here. We're like, in a way, I guess you could kind of say like we're stewarding our livelihood or our lives as best as we can. But over time, self-preservation, if we were to look over the, the, the history and the, and the culture uh, that we live in and that we that we take part in and that we help curate as well in subtle ways that all compile and, and interlock on each other, we, we've begin to use self-preservation in a different sense. It's gone from uh, protecting ourselves from what could potentially cause us pain or death to now self-preservation in, in the way that we live now. Culturally, contextually, uh, in the time that we live in, the moment of history we live in, self-preservation now is not so much about the act of surviving. Now it's it's the act of almost avoiding things and canceling and blocking out things and running from things that, that we know could potentially cause us uh, not just harm or death, but cause us maybe pain, even if it's pain that we, we ultimately need, right? Like working out that causes pain. But if you want to get better, you have to endure the pain. We run from things that are going to inflict any kind of pain whatsoever or any kind of discomfort in general. So if it, if it inconveniences us, if it causes us discomfort, if it causes us any kind of pain, we go into self-preservation mode and we avoid these things, and that's why I feel like it's, it's so interesting because at the heart of it, self-preservation is like, hey, what am I doing to keep myself alive and ensure that I am here, right? That I'm, that I'm still here to, to do what I need to do, to live, to exist, and to, you know, I don't know, keep building memories and things with my family, right? Right. But it's got us to a place where, as it progresses, it's actually been something that we've used that subconsciously justifies us being more guarded, more blocked off, more closed-handed, and more unwilling to be inclusive or inviting with others into what we possess. And when I say we possess, like I said, I don't strictly mean money. When people hear about generosity, we start to go, oh, okay, this is about money. The pastor is talking about tithing or giving a donation or my offering, right? And while that is included in the big picture of generosity as a whole, and it's biblical, holistically, that's not the entirety of it. Generosity is what we see modeled by the early church in scripture, and it's actually, I mean, like we, we almost breathe a sigh of relief when, relief when we say, oh, okay, so it's not just my money. There's other things that we're talking about here. So if I don't got to, you know, get off my money or if I don't got to, you know, give as much financially, whoo, we're good. But, but actually, if we looked at it in a real sense— The fact that it isn't just limited to money actually requires more of us because the call to generosity scripturally is greater. It is not only limited to money. Money, when you look at it, it's actually easy. I can write a check at something and be done with it. I can can sponsor something and say I had a part in it and then I never have to think of it again. Being involved and giving generously in other ways requires us to be more invested for longer periods of time. And so this is actually a greater call to the body. But sadly, much of the church that we see today refuses to embody this level of generosity. And if, and if we do embody it, and it is exemplified, it's definitely not what is most outwardly showcased. It's definitely not what is put on display most in the world, in the, in the, in the cultural way of being that we've adopted as the church what we see now is, is more trendy things, right? What we see now is a more influencers take on faith. And so we make it more, and, and this is not me and my, you know, coming coming at it from in an OG stance or like an old head stance going, oh man, we just can't get on with the new way of doing things. Nah, man, like like I, I said it a couple weeks ago, the apostle Paul used whatever means he could to get the gospel out there. So I'm all for that. But sadly, again, looking at it holistically, we don't focus on all of the ten and all of the the things that faith embodies that we should and what ends up getting put out there is is what is more palatable or more attractive or or more trendy or more current And, and the things that we talk about are inside of those categories thereof, right? We talk about more self care, which I'm all for. We need more self care. We talk about uh, relationships, which I'm all for. We need healthy relationships. We talked about that a couple weeks ago in community, right? We need all of these things, but also inside of that, we need the church to remember and to regularly be challenged what and what it is to really be the church. And as the church, we have a specific and unique call to a level of generosity that would blow the world's mind. People need to see something different about the church. And and if we're writing checks and then turning our head to the greater need of generosity, we're doing the church and ultimately the image of Christ in this world a disservice. And we're failing to meet the call that God has on us as saints. And so I want to show you in the book of Acts, Chapter 4, verses 32 through 35, some of my favorite uh, verses right here in all of scripture because it lays out the extent that the early church was willing to go to put on for each other, to get each other's back, to take care of each other. And it's so simple, but it's so risky and it costs so much. But we see a vibrant community come out of this type of generosity. So if you're following along, do me a favor. We're starting in the book of Acts chapter four, verses 32 through 35. And uh, starting in verse 32, here's what it says. Now, all the believers were united in heart and mind. They felt that what they owned was not their own. So they shared everything they had. The apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ and God's great blessing was upon them all. There were no needy people among them because those who owned land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give to those in need. So just reading that, 32, 33, 34, 35, all the believers in the area were united in heart and mind. In order for that to happen, there has to be this level of proactive, like seeking to be together, right? Right? this like like we talked about this community right they're driven in community with god and with each other and so they're 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 striving to be united they're striving to be in heart and in mind with each other. That doesn't just happen. Like people people are there's so many different types of people, opinions, outlooks, different things going on that that the littlest thing if we wanted to could create division, but all the believers were united in heart and mind. That takes some work. And they were so committed to this Then it goes on to say the level that they went to each went to for each other. And they felt that what they owned was not their own. I love just how those, those words come together, right? Like I know in different translation, different translations, it probably words it differently, but I love how it says they felt that what they owned was not their own. So even though they had ownership or possession over things, Ultimately, being in community and relationship with God reminded them, constantly reminded them that, yeah, I have possession over this, but this is not mine. So this should be shared. So what do they do? They shared everything they had, everything they had. They didn't just, they didn't only let people, you know, borrow a t-shirt. They didn't only give somebody a pair of shoes that was walking around barefoot. They didn't only make dinner for somebody on Thursdays because they had time in their schedule they didn't own. Like there wasn't these, these qualifications or these things that they did to, to check the box off. They had this complete sense of open handedness. Nothing they owned was their own. So they shared everything. And in that time, the apostles are testifying powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. These things are going hand in hand. This community is springing up and they are living in such a crazy way. Like they're just all taking care of each other. What I have is yours and what you have is mine. And we're going to make sure everybody's good. Meanwhile, the gospel is being preached. People are seeing this level of generosity. Says God's great blessing was upon them all. And check this out. There were no needy people among them. Nobody had a need because everybody made sure everybody was taken care of. Check this out. People who owned land and houses would sell them and take the money, give it to the apostles, and the apostles would make sure that anybody that had a need had that need met. The people that had belongings, great belongings, great possessions, houses, land, things that that gave them status. Listen to me. Back then, a big house, big land. I mean, back then, shoot, now, today, these days that we live in, everybody wants the nicest car, the biggest house, a bigger house, the most land. We need more land. We want to put things on our land, right? We need bigger toys and bigger tools to take care of the house and the land, right? And these people were, were looking at it going, do I keep these things, right? What's attached to this? My, my wealth, my status, or do I take care of these people that God has placed me in community with? And they sold all of what they had. They gave them riches and status, and they trusted it to the apostles, and they said, hey, yo, take this and anybody that we come across that needs some food, needs some clothes, needs some shelter, needs, needs a better form of transportation of, or getting around, or just you name it. We need to use this for everybody. Sounds like they had a good grasp on the scripture in Proverbs that says this, in Proverbs eleven twenty four 24 through 25, it says, give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and you'll lose everything. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. you see that proverb in action in Acts chapter 4, verse 32 through 35? Give freely and then you get real wealth. Give freely. You'll gain the things that are real, real riches and real wealth. You want to hold on to everything? You're going to lose everything. Those who refresh others will be refreshed. There's, there's something rewarding about generosity. There's something refreshing about generosity. There's something heavenly and divine about generosity. We also see that the early church had a firm understanding of the concept that we talked about last week, right? When we talked about when your city prospers, when your, when your surroundings prosper, you will prosper it seemed like they had a good understanding of that in action as well because they said, hey, I'm going to take my individual possession and I'm going to give it to, to everybody I'm in community with because we all need to be taken care of. It's almost like the thought was, man, when when we all do good, I'm going to do good. When, when, I, when I see everybody taken care of, I'm, I know I'm taken care of and I know they're going to take care of me. I'm going I'm I'm to be there for them because they're going to be there for me. There's this, there, there's this back and forth understanding of community, of engagement. Right? When the bigger picture gets better, we all get better because all of us together comprise the greater picture. Now, I don't know where you are today personally with your time, with your talents, with your resources with your money. So I can't ask you to give more of like one or the other, right? Like this isn't going to lead to like a giving drive where, where we ask you to take a greater step of faith and write a bigger check. That's not what this is about. What I do know is this, is that the focus isn't on one form of generosity or the other. From what we've seen so far and what we talked about the past three weeks, we we should be getting or we should be catching on to the theme so far, or that, that Jesus isn't into just one attribute or one aspect of this faith journey. There's there's holistic redemption, there's a holistic approach to faith. So it's not just about your time when it when it comes to generosity, but that is part of it. How you get involved, how you plug in, how you serve. How, how, you, how you hang out with people and invite relationships. It's not just about your resources, but that is part of it. The ability that you have to recommend somebody into a program or a job or help somebody find a better living situation or a better ride or a better, like whatever resources and opportunities you have, that's part of it. It's not just about your relational currency with other people, but that's part of it. And it's not just about your money. But yes, that is part of it. But, but what do we do then when, when we don't have one of those or much of those or we have a lot more of one than we do of the other? And where, and where there's lack and we truly cannot give something. You can't give something you don't have. So what do we do where that lack is? If we can't give, then what's the solution? Here's the solution. We give what we have. We work with what we got. If you can't give this, give that. If, if you do have a little of this and you can give from, maybe you have a little bit of time, but, but, but maybe you could give out of that little bit of time that you have. You'll find a way. You'll move some things around. You'll create some margin to, to give more there, to serve more there, to, to be there for somebody else there. Then give what you can. Give what you have. Right? Because I believe that when we embrace this, this type of self-sacrificial giving for the sake of others, that that has to be the emphasis when it comes to generosity. That has to be the emphasis. You know, like we can't get it twisted where some people show up and they start, you know, like we start analyzing what a leader is wearing or a pastor is wearing or, or we look at what car they hop into when they leave. And, and you know what, some of that is, is right. Like some of that is, is understandably so, because there are, there is some, some that are abusing that. Right. But, but I think by and large, the skepticism that comes with giving goes to that thought that it's like, oh, if I give, what's it going to? Right. But, but. We have, to, we have to be able to lean into something that, that God is calling us into. We have to try to develop a trust. We have, to, we have to lean into something enough and be a part of something enough and be connected to it enough to know that what we're getting into and leaning into that God is leading a church or a body or a community or a person or a family through is worthy of that generosity because it's about others and drawing others in to that community and that faith as well, engaging them, engaging families. So if I give my money, I know that it's going to a community. If I, if I give my time, I'm serving so that way I can develop a relationship with somebody else who may feel invited, who may not have had relationship, or may not have had that connection to others before, and their soul just needs that. If I, if I give a recommendation or I, I, I get somebody a job, I'm doing that knowing that that it's for the betterment of that person, so, so that way God can now start to work through them and progress them, and I can play a role in that somehow. Whatever we're, we're embracing and giving to, we have to trust that God is going to bring the growth in that, and God is going to do his work in that through our obedience to what he's called us to do when we embrace this type of self-sacrificial giving for the sake of others, God uses that to do incredible things in that the church is built, the kingdom of God is expanded here as is in heaven. Barrios are impacted, neighborhoods are impacted, families are changed, and God's presence then becomes evident no matter where you and I go. And isn't that truly the call of what we're supposed to do who we're supposed to be you know we, we I used to think I won't say we I personally used to think that you know being a being a messenger for God or a mouthpiece for Christ or putting on for the faith like I used to think that that meant just just going and trying to just preach the gospel straight to people and, and just tell them straight up what it was and, and, and try to right there convert them or right there, you know, like pray and be in my, in my younger years. You know what I mean? And I feel like over time God has shown me a grace that goes with this is, is that it's not that it's that or not, right? Like that may just sound confusing. I said that it's not that 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 was right or wrong. Actually, I, I, if anything, I think it's more wrong than right. Because we're giving a lot of lip service a lot of times, and there's not a lot of action behind it. And this ties into week one when it goes to faith, because I think what, what people need to see about faith is that they can observe it even when they can't hear it. And that's what generosity ties into. When we live generous lives, people see God at work through his people, when people see others that are willing to go the extent for somebody, willing to give for somebody, willing to lend a helping hand, be a shoulder to cry on, give self-sacrificially, that's different. That's different. That's countercultural. That's kingdom of God not kingdom of man. And when people see that, something deep in their souls identifies that, man, that's different. We don't see that often. I want that. I need, what is that? And seeds are planted. God starts doing his work and people are brought in to this whole thing that we're talking about, faith, community, being engaged and engaging others. And a lot of times that happens when they see an otherworldly form, self-sacrificial form of generosity. And so, for you, for me, what are we doing? How are we being creative? I think multiple weeks I talked about taking an inventory of ourselves, where, where there's gaps, where there's things that 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 we need. We need God's help with ways that we can grow. And this week, I think it's a different type of inventory. I think we need to take an actual inventory of of where we have excess and where we have lack. And we need to really like just be aware of what we have and what we could do with that if we were intentional. The the ways that we could be generous if we were proactive about it. Ways that we could use our time better, ways that we could be generous with resources or opportunities that we have or that we know about, ways that we could be generous with with our food, our, our house, our living room, ways that we could be generous with our finances. But, but let's take an inventory and let's be ready. Let's know what we have and what we have to work with so that way when the opportunity presents itself the action that we take is generous. It's generosity. I pray that for you, I pray that for myself, that the world would see a ridiculous example from God's church of what it means to give selflessly, holistically, for the sake of others, for the sake of just wanting others to prosper wanting our cities our contexts our neighborhoods our friends strangers even to just prosper to just grow we just want to see goodness and for that we're willing to give even when it hurts because when others prosper when my neighborhood prospers when my City prospers. When others prosper, I prosper. Let me pray for you. Dear Jesus, I thank you that you first are generous with us. Lord, you didn't withhold anything from us, including yourself. And God, every day you're generous in more ways than we even acknowledge. So God, help us to embrace that more. Help us to become more generous. Help us to get outside of ourselves more for the sake of others. And God, help us to know that self-preservation does not have a part of this because when, when other people are preserved, we're preserved. When we take care of others, we're taken care of. When we help others prosper, we will prosper. God, I pray that you help us to rise above this sense of self preservation and that you would help us take an inventory of what we have in the areas that we could be generous, more generous, to show the world the goodness that you have for them, the love that you have for them. Lord, let it start with us. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Hey, thanks again for tuning in to the Santos Church Podcast. We hope that you were blessed by what you heard today and that it moves you towards action and greater faith in Jesus. If you'd like to connect with us more, you can find us online at santoschurch.org. And that's also a great place to give if you'd like to contribute to the ministry and our mission here in Southwest Detroit. If you're on Instagram, you can connect with us at Santos Detroit or Facebook, and it's facebook.com slash Santos Church Detroit. If you find yourself in the Detroit area, we'd love to have you in person Sunday mornings at 11, 1953 Military Street. Either way, hablamos pronto. We'll talk to you soon.